Welcome everybody to No One Likes a Tune Up podcast. We need a composer. <laughs> we need to get a composer. It was a theme song, you know? Uh-huh. That kind of thing. Something, Something very jazzy. Synthy. Something kind of late night, fun, family atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, this is this is podcast is all about family fun, you know. I know a lot of families sit by their fireside <laughs> on a Monday night. Yeah, click open their their old timey fucking nineteen forties radio, the big like bureau radio, and they they uh, they listen to the No One Likes the Tuna podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. Where Daryl Wong and Nick Nocera watch a Fast and Furious movie every week and then discuss that experience. Is that fair? That's fair. Cool, 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 cool. Um, we watched, ah, fuck, we watched Hobbs and Shaw this again. <laughs> I know. I almost blew it, actually. I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Paul Spella, yeah. the other day, and he was, he, he was very nice about it. Hey, what's going on with the podcast? Oh, he, he so he doesn't listen. Week. Like all the rest of our friends, doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen. I no. also confessed as we as we did on um, on re- on record yeah. last week that neither one of us listened to this thing. We no, yeah. <laughs> not a chance in hell am I going back. Right, but yeah. he was checking. He was checking in on it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing eight this week." He's like, "Didn't you do eight last week?" I was like, "Whoa, that would have been bad if yeah, I close shave, bro." Yeah, close shave. So I feel like you would have gotten it by the first twenty minutes of eight. Like this seems very familiar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but I feel that most of the time when I watch these movies now. Yeah, that is true. That's true for me too. That's true for me too. Um, I did see a movie in the movie theater this mm-hmm. yesterday. We could do a little next movie review really quickly if you want. <laughs> good, good. I saw uh, this. What was... I saw this. Christmas movie called The Happiest Season. It's a 2020 release or is one of those throwback release? Is a 2020 special, bro? How could they? How how could they still be making Christmas movies? Like, cute girl goes home. Like, see, Mm -hmm. yeah, sees her um, high school flame, and then Mm -hmm. somehow has to deal with the conflict between her new life in either New York and L.A. versus Mm -hmm. the draw to. That small town life. Is that is that what you different. watched? Yeah, this one's a little different. This one's a little bit different than that. Okay. Yeah, so it starts Kristen Stewart, my favorite, our favorite. Ah, uh, yes. Our favorite, yes. our favorite actress. Actually, my favorite actress, probably, in the world right now. Uh, and Mackenzie Davis, who I also think is very good, as a uh, lesbian couple. Um, and who go to Mackenzie Davis's parents for Christmas. And um, Mackenzie Davis's character has not told her parents that she is gay. And thus, the mm-hmm. two of them must pretend to be friendly roommates for five days mm-hmm. uh, in order for her parents to, yeah, get, get along with them. She, she says, like, the whole plan is, like, to tell them after the holiday or whatever. And uh, hijinks ensue with mm-hmm. that. 
Um, is there a like skeptical kid brother or something? There is a weird. Okay, so this is actually <laughs> the weirdest part of the movie. Like, so Allison Brie, I think, plays the younger sibling, um, who's like sort of pitch perfect life, you know, whatever. Has like twin, has like young twins and a husband and sort of shit like that. And they own a, like a gift basket company, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, which is a great holiday movie occupation <laughs> <laughs> the last one the last one i watched the yeah the girl like family business was confectionery they just made sweets and stuff i was like yeah that's a very holiday movie occupation yeah that's a solid one was that the reese witherspoon one where she makes cookies can, all the time yeah, i can't believe yes it definitely <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was that one yeah i watched that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has, to, has forced to come up with her own. Me. I feel like that was a good pull. <laughs> I I didn't think you had that one in the bag, but yeah, I'm it. continually impressed. Um. All right. So, oh, and there's also an older sibling who, mm, mm, during the first half, of, nah, maybe not half, third of the movie, kind of was like, is this person playing like a mentally, you know? deficient character mm-hmm. um like she plays jane i don't remember the actress's name but she plays a woman named jane who's like an older sister who's like off right mm-hmm. she's like very affectionate and huggy and like weird and people tell her to go away a lot mm-hmm. but i think she's just supposed to be kooky you know mm-hmm. she likes to like paint and she likes to write fantasy novels i guess okay okay um, I thought the movie was like sweet and pretty good. Basically, there's there's definitely like you see the machinery uh, quite a bit, which I don't really mind in a holiday movie. You know, like they're driving to the place, and the, you know Mackenzie's trying to explain why she can't come out to her parents right this second, and saying like her dad's running for mayor, and they have you know they have this big holiday party where the you know, this influential person is going to endorse her dad for mayor or something, you know, and like you see them setting up, okay, so we're going to get a big holiday dinner where like things mm-hmm. are going to go wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mind, like, and I, it's like comfortable, like I don't need you to go crazy on your plot devices in a holiday movie. I'm having a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that it was directed by Claire Duvall, who... I think was a, is a pretty good director. She's a good actress and she's a good director. Um, is queer herself, so like I appreciate a person being able. To, and and I did read an interview where she was talking about how it was a very personal um, sort of story to her. Um, as she had a very similar experience. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that uh, people are being able to sort of tell their own stories. And produced by Dan Levy, who is also in the movie as a best friend to Kristen Stewart. He's the creator of Shit's Creek, I believe it's called, the the sitcom. Yeah, we watched Shit's Creek. They won yeah. all those um, Emmys. Yeah, they won the Emmys. They won them yeah. all. Well, they won yeah. all of them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Eugene, the son of Eugene Levy, who's a longtime comedy hero of mine. Uh, and he's really good in the movie. Uh, also, uh, he's mm-hmm. he's pretty funny. There's this constant bit where like he he tracks everybody on their phones, where he's like, "Oh, the NSA nice. can do it. I can do it." <laughs> so, like it keeps popping up. Where it's like, "How did you know I was at this like hotel?" He's like, 
I told you before I'm tracking you. <laughs> See, that's the that's the fun way to do it. We've yeah. overplayed this whole God's eye thing, hackers on hackers. You can if you're gonna do something goofy, like you can go the goofy route and it could still be incredibly effective. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um so generally I had like good good feeling about this movie. I thought it was mm-hmm. good. <laughs> you know, I thought Kristen Stewart again. She's fucking great. She was good mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, that sounds good. I think yeah. one of my questions was going to be, and then I, I think it, we answered it just with the cast here. Is like, how do you decide how much money to put into these movies, and at what point they are go to the theater movies versus release? Yeah, uh, yeah straight to Netflix or whatever. But right. this this sounds like a this sounds like a good go to the movies with the family. Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't have mind watching this at home. I'm trying to see as much as I can in the movie theater right now. Like, whatever's mm-hmm. out, I'm going to see because, one, I'm pro-supporting movie theaters at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a tough era for the movie theaters. Uh, I just like the theater experience myself as a person. But if you want to pop this on Hulu or something, like, go for it. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. This, is, this one could definitely be done at home, you know, with a cup of hot cocoa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it has flaws, but I thought it was very good. The main flaw, I think, is that the Mackenzie Davis character, who is not out to her parents, while that's like a difficult situation, I understand, and one like I haven't had to have any experience with, um... Is kind of a super fucking asshole. The whole, like, is kind of a really mm. unlikable person. The whole movie, and there's a little bit of like, why the fuck is Kristen Stewart like so in love with this person when we don't really have a setup of like how lovely the person Kristen mm. Stewart is in love with? It. Got it. Got yeah. it. So. Is it tear? Is it tearjerker? Were you or was anybody else crying? Um, I didn't cry. It wasn't really, I don't think it was a real tearjerker. There's some like good emotional moments, but I don't think it was like the tearjerker. It was like funny and heartwarming in the end, you know, as it was supposed to be. Um, There was a a couple next to me who were talking for the first hour of the movie. Rough. I would say, like constantly. Uh, And I yelled at them. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I I did it. I did it. I did it. I yeah. just straight to the, straight the, to the point. Yeah, straight to the point. Like, hey, you two over there, shut your mouths. Yeah, there was a point where I just lost it, and I was like, "Yo!" <laughs> and they looked at me, and they're like, "What? What did you say?" And I was like, "Can you shut the fuck up, please?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy a movie here. I, my okay. heart was pumping for like 20 yeah. minutes after that, bro. I was like, Adrenaline City. <laughs> chocolate raisins, now just raisins with chocolate puddle on the yeah. bottom. Yeah. 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 It was huge. It was huge for me. So good. Good. I mean, I, I'm sure there are other people in the theater that heard and appreciated the, uh, the step forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, Speaking of step forward, we took a step forward into the future, question mark. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> by watching Hobbs and Shaw, a movie that seems like it should be set in the future, but is actually set in 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What? How was your watch through this week? Hmm. Not the worst, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it was okay. I was. Um. What was I thinking? Like, I was picking up on a lot of the Londonness of it, and remembering yeah. how the Shaw family is British, and um. Jess has been watching The Crown, and ah, uh, The Crown. I can't, I can't crown. get excited. I can't get excited about it. It's really difficult for me. Are you starting from the beginning? Um, I yeah. So I think she's watched previous seasons, but yeah, we, I, yeah we're starting the season three thing here. So I'm starting oh, from here. Three season yeah. three. So you haven't watched one. Have you watched season one and two? Have not. Oh, so you missed out on all the Vanessa Carby. Well, that's the best part of the crown and that's the best part I, of this movie. That's what I found out. Yeah. Is that Yeah. So maybe yeah. I have to go maybe I have to go back, but as of right now, I'm struggling to find the appeal. And I think like for me and I was going to ask to see how like you feel about this, but I just like don't really care that much about the royal family. It's hard for me to get invested and it's hard for me to um just soak up the subtle drama. That is playing right before my eyes. Right. Um, I thought season one and two of The Crown were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not that it was like the most exciting fucking drama in the world. I didn't think it was the best television show on the air. But I did think the two dynamic lead performances by Claire Foy and Vanessa Kirby were like electric. Like, really very, very good. And you watch the first two seasons of The Crown and go, these two women are movie stars and are going to be big shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched two episodes, I think, of season three, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm out of this. <laughs> I'm <Man>. done. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need to do this. I like Olivia Coleman. I think she's really, really, really good. I just think it's like a snoozer of a fucking role for her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't care about Margaret Thatcher at all for season four. And I don't, this is blasphemy, but I, I don't really care about Princess Diana, to be honest with you. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I think. I think I felt I think I felt the same. I think that yeah, they're, they're bu- the build up and anticipation is for the Princess Diana appearance, I guess, yeah. at the end of the series. But I was alive during that time, and I remember mm-hmm. it being a piece of pop culture that I was aware of only through my mom. But mm-hmm. I wasn't old enough to like absorb it, and I think it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I was like we were like seven, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was in France when it happened. Mm-hmm. And I definitely remember seeing a newspaper, but my response was probably the response of every seven-year-old, which was, who? Hmm? Huh? Who's that lady? <laughs> who? <laughs> who did what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's not like no knock. I'm, you know, she was a really important person to a lot of people, and I like have a huge appreciation for that, especially an appreciation for like dealing with... Um, Prince Charles, who seems like a total fucking asshole for so long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But 
I don't give a shit about the royal family. <laughs> so do people in New Zealand like give a shit they about care. the royal family? Yeah. They yeah. care. What is it? There's what does that look magazines. like? And oh my god. Dedicated, basically. They care a lot. Um they yeah, they care a lot. Uh I mean they care. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. They celebrate Queen's birthday. It's a holiday uh-huh. here. Um, people here get Queen's honors. They're interested in the intrigue. They all hate Meghan Markle because she's black. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just like in, it's just like Damn. in England. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh, so, yeah, they really care. It's kind of fucked up. I don't know. I'm sure like Americans have the same infatuation with some kind of, you know celebrity is, dynamic but yeah that was my question is like is what's this what's the order of magnitude between say the kardashian family and the royal family and jess was describing it's like not even on the same page like so much yeah the yeah. impact and the scope of the sort of influence of the royal family extends for it's definitely years. like way bigger right yeah but, it's like the thing to, to focus on Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's an American equivalent. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think there is. Right. I don't think there is. You know, like even even like the Obamas, right? Like which there was definitely a faction of the country that was like obsessed with the dynamics of the Obama family, mm-hmm. and like it isn't even on the same in the same stratosphere. It's like right. yeah. There's like one singular family intrigue plot to focus on, and everybody focuses on it all at once, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the time. So, why are we talk- talking about the Royal? Oh, London. This movie takes place in yeah. London. London, Royal Family, and yeah. Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, Vanessa Kirby. I mean, the one thing this movie that makes this movie kind of tolerable is like they they do, I think, appreciate the magic that Vanessa Kirby is displaying on screen. And they really give her a lot of time to do it, which is mm-hmm. nice. You know, she is the, she is the co a co-lead of this movie. Um, which I think is a really good choice because two hours and 20 minutes of just the rock and Jason Statham would be mm-hmm. hard for me. Yeah. Like, you're an asshole, you're a wanker, you're an asshole, you're a wanker, just... Oh, God. <laughs> it's such, like, we get it! You don't like each other! Right. You know? Got it. Got it. Um, Yeah, that is totally fucking insufferable. I do wish that, like, Helen Mirren and Vanessa Kirby got a real scene together. Hmm. That would be really nice, I think. Mm -hmm. Hmm. There is that little ending piece, right? I believe. With the birthday? Mm Mm-hmm. With birthday cake? Yeah, with the birthday cake. But it would be good if Helen was out. I mean, obviously, she couldn't be out of prison because, like, they had, like, maybe two days with Helen Mirren, you know, know? and they're like, "Eh, we'll just put her in prison and like, just shoot it in one location and it'll be done. Um, so, but if they didn't have those constraints, I think it would be fun to see like Vanessa Kirby and Helen Mirren, like play a mother daughter duo fucking shit up a little bit, like causing a little havoc or like even arguing over like, 
I chose the path of like a uh, like special operative because you were a criminal and I think that's wrong. You know, like that kind of like antagonism against each other. Mm-hmm. Of like, I grew up with a mom who was a total fucking criminal and in and out of prison all the time, and therefore I like dedicated my life to stopping people like that, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I think um, those two actresses are incredible, both of them, and I think both of them would have been really good. They should do a spinoff, 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 spinoff. Yeah, man. Put put them both in cars. Put them both in <laughs> cars. Helen Mirren doesn't even get to see a car. She's always in the bar or they're in jail. Like I don't even think she would know what a fucking car was. <laughs> you know? I don't think she would know what a car is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Has she been in a car in the two movies? Because in eight, she's not in a car, right? Right. She's in a bar. Right. Which is close, but not the same. True. And in this movie, she's in prison. I think you get her behind the wheel. You know? Mm-hmm. Fuck, what a good idea. It all comes back to that. All, all the time. This movie, just right. these movies come back to that. It's like, oh, an interesting person to put in your movie. Great. Put them in the fucking vehicle, please. Maybe Hobbs and Shaw 2 needs to start with Ella Mirren escaping from prison, getting in a car, and doing something. When is Hobbs and Shaw spot. 2 coming out? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Um... You know what else I didn't hate in this movie? Um, Kevin Hart. Yeah? I, like, have hated him so much before this week, and then I just, something, something happened, I think, where I was just like, you know what? Great. I'm really glad for this little break that we get. And, like, we get to have Kevin Hart do his Kevin Hart thing. And, like, guess what? That's kind of fun sometimes. I like I like Kevin Hart. I've always liked his cameo appearance in this movie. But mm-hmm. I watched his most recent stand-up, and I feel like I didn't really like it. He did what? one where... Yeah. He, he did a Netflix one where he basically made a comedy studio in his... Basement? I, I assume it's in L.A. Yeah, mansion, yeah. basement invite everybody but uh, i don't know i just i feel like the uh, it's called like i don't have any fucks left to give basically right yeah like yeah and the premise was like i don't have anything to talk about i just talk about my life and my kids and deal with it yeah which i don't know i think i've really enjoyed his specials in the past the magnitude mm-hmm. of them and mm-hmm. the yeah, like the the great sequencing of stories with the with the big sort of blowout tied together, mm-hmm. and this was not that, which is wasn't supposed to be. But yeah, he's yeah. I don't know. I respect the hell out of Kevin Hart, but mm-hmm. and and he's definitely been hit or miss for me throughout his career. The first time I saw him was in high school. He came to my fucking high school like right really? before he blew up. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, he did like a a comedy show at my high school. Like mm-hmm. literally, maybe six months later, he was like a mega superstar. Hmm. Um. And I remember enjoying him then, and like I've definitely enjoyed some of his comedies throughout the years. But um, it's the, yeah, there's there's things that like miss for me, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. 
Uh, and, and, like, it's a hard thing, too, where, like, he's so fucking rich and powerful and big now that, like, the relatability factor goes away. And what are you left with mm-hmm. as a comedy star? Like, I think that's got to be hard. Like, when you get so famous that, like, you can't t- relate to people where, 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 like, that's where you mine a lot of material, then what, you know, because, like, a lot of comedy is about, like, joking about, like, shared human experience, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Kevin Hart does not have any shared human experience in existence anymore, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, I think that's got to be hard to, like, sort of find the new game or, like, change, you know what I mean? Like, reinvent yourself into and and find like new places to mine material from that aren't just mm-hmm. my kids do dumb stupid things. Yeah. So. <sighs> um, you want to just do shout out? I mean, I'm fucking. I don't need to talk about Hobbs and Shaw anymore. <laughs> sure, we can do <laughs> shout out. Right? Like, do you? Do you have other stuff on your list? Uh, I had a couple of shorties here. Yeah, shorty, shorty, shorty. Let's talk. We never talk about the movies. Let's talk about the movies a little bit. Yeah, sh- yeah. shorty one. Um, in the a couple like two shorties in the McLaren chase scene. Yeah, I, I did notice in the past that Hobbs from the sitting position three in the McLaren. Yeah, he punches through the window mm-hmm. to grab the motorcycle guy. Yeah, which. If I place myself in that car, just think of how much power you need to generate from, uh, if you imagine just the tightness of your big, fat rock arm right yeah. up against your chest, you yeah. somehow have to manage enough power to punch directly through that thing. And grab he's sitting in the middle seat? I no, think he's sitting he's, in the side seat. Yeah, I think he's sitting in the left. I mean, Uma did side. it. Uma did it, right? Right. One punch. <laughs> <laughs> with with six feet of dirt, <laughs> I yeah, think about that. I think about dirt. that all. That's the time. right. Yeah. Um, I think so about that I, scene all the time. That like, my question about the Uma scene isn't like how she punched through the board. Uh-huh. It's about like once the dirt started flowing in the car. Co- how does she? Like it's not like you can swim through the dirt. It's like mm-hmm. heavy. It's like a ton of dirt on top of her. Yeah, you can't you get out of that. Also, you're gonna suffocate. You're gonna suffocate. All you're doing is like opening a suffocation funnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um. So yeah, I I guess I didn't notice in the past that he punched through it, but I like I caught that frame as it came across. I was like, pretty cool. That they were able to like connect those things together to reach out to grab the motorcycle guy. Yeah. Also, you could just roll down yeah. the window. Right. <laughs> it's a very expensive car. It's very expensive. You have a button literally right next to you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and the second one is that like I did. Yeah. There's a parallel between the the move that he uses to ultimately wedge flip Idris Elba. Into mm-hmm. Idris Elba's chasing. They've got the T intersection coming up with the mm-hmm. double decker buses. Yep. He does a hairpin turn and yep. then he does the exact same move that Owen Shaw does in the F1 cars. In not Owen Shaw, oh, but Vig. Lady Vig. Brian, right? Lady Brian, right. But it's a 
Yeah. In my book, that's still a Shaw move. Shaw sure. signature family move is sure. the user car as a wedge. And oh, yeah. A little ramp, ramp yeah. station. Launch your enemies into the sky. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. I mean, it's good to see, like, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Use mm-hmm. it again. It's a nice little carry through, though. I yeah. don't know that the McLaren is as believable as like a ramp as those other sort of F1 cars that we often call ramp racers on mm-hmm. the pod here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't quite know that I buy it as much. I've seen, I walk by a McLaren store a lot, actually, mm-hmm. weirdly. There's one right next to the Tesla dealership in Um, I don't know why there's a McLaren dealership there. But there is. Uh, and those cars are in there and they look good, but they don't look like I could launch a vehicle off the front of them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you need to ask a representative next time you're going by. Like, at what <laughs> speed do you think if we were riding a motorcycle at this car, <laughs> do you think I would be able to launch the motorcycle? Just check Excuse in me, sir. For... Do you have a second? Just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Got a question for you. Quick, quick, you, quick, you. What's the ground clearance here? Yeah. Uh, angle, uh, yeah, angle of. Um, I don't know what to call it. Does the front fold out so that it becomes sort of a ramp-like shape in any way? Or I mean, okay. not not really. I mean, yeah. it just has normal sort of like bulges that follow like the lines of the headlights, but mm. it definitely doesn't scoop down in any way, similar to the ramp racer right i think the other key to the ramp racer to me is the flatness of the front of it it's very mm-hmm. flat mm-hmm. like a ramp and the mclaren while angled downwards is like wavy and curvy mm-hmm. it seems like you maybe just like bonk around on top of it Maybe with some strong braking, though, all of a sudden it increases the angle, the approach angle. But there. they do a 180, right? So, like, all their yeah. momentum has gone post 180. Yeah, I don't think it works like that. Because <laughs> their, their braking momentum is to the side in terms right. of their, like, slide. Right. Right? Yeah, less believable yeah. to me. Right. Yeah. Move it back to these shout-outs? Yeah, let's do them. What do you want to shout-out to? So I know we don't normally... We, we try to stay away from shouting out to other media, but mm-hmm. it's what I got this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically binge-watched Survivor... Uh, Survivor Caillou... Hold on. I'm looking to look it up. Kayagan. Survivor Kayagan okay. in the Philippines 2014 okay. season. I've never watched a season of Survivor before. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, I've enjoyed watching a reality TV show once in a while, but yeah. the gameplay and strategy in Survivor, excellent. It really, it's like the perfect blend of like fun like games that they make them play, mm-hmm. like backstabbing and real-world dra- real esque drama, mm-hmm. uh, like Paradise Vacation Land. Hot bodies, uh, yeah, it, it's like a fun show, Survivor. Oh, yeah, I like, yeah, the challenges, like, some of them are like semi torture, but I like how they always pair it with, like, yeah, some sort of physical pain plus a puzzle, 
because right. you can't just be only good at puzzles and not be able to handle right. the physicality of it. But yeah, I I just I really like the mechanics of the show. I like the way that people sort of talk outright and try to negotiate with each other. I think there's a lot of like behavioral yeah, behavioral economics and people are trying to like figure stuff out and there some people are really stupid and some people are overly confident with their gameplay and I just like all the different characters and the way that they get to interact with each other. Yeah. And 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 Survival Australia is big here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people watch it every week, but I, I, like, I haven't watched it Survivor since, like, I think I was, like, kind of clued into the first early seasons shit. I don't really remember. I was pretty young when it came out. Yeah, me too. It was, like, the first, it was, like, a big moment in reality television, though. It wasn't, like, the first reality television show, but it was, like, People were like, Have you, I've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, yeah. And I like, I like the social negotiation. And like, I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched like the, any of the recent like Bachelor style shows, but I just, it doesn't exist there. Like you, there's not, there's less incentive for people to backstab each other and plot and vote off because you're just trying to win the favor of the Bachelor. Well, you gotta understand that the bachelorette situation is almost always better than the bachelor situation. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Because like dudes are gross and dumb, <laughs> right? Like that's the funny fun part. Is like dudes are stupid fucking idiots, and watching twenty of them get together and like be dumb fucking dudes, all like wagging their tongues after this one like actually really interesting smart woman uh-huh. is amazing yeah yeah. that's fun the the bachelor the the bachelor ones are like eh, i'm less into this situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah shout out to what what is it survivor what i i keep messing it up it's a it's a it happens in the philippines mm-hmm. kagayan kagayan yeah. okay check it out everybody yeah um, I want to shout. Okay, oh, I got I got a shout out this week. Let me tell <laughs> big, you. All big right, so, so regular listeners of the pod will know that I go to the movies every week, and uh, you know, ten years ago they started just running ad- straight ads before the previews before the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically my position on this is I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to run a couple ads? Fine. I see ads all the time. I can get over it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll look at my phone during the ads. I don't care. There is this Samsung ad before every movie in New Zealand right now. Okay. And like I was at the movie theater a couple of weeks ago and I was like watching this Samsung ad. I think it's for like Galaxy Note a thousand. I don't, who give, who knows? It's like right, Galaxy right. Max whatever. But they were playing this song in the ad and I was like Damn! I was like, oh, they got. A I was good like, one. this song is a fucking banger. What is this song? Uh-huh. I was like, I gotta uh-huh. know. I gotta know. But the ad passed too quickly. So like next week, I was like, prime for it, right? And during the ad, I was like, Siri. I was like, what song is it? And I had her like listen. 
Um, it turns out the song is called Dynamite. Oh, okay. It's by a little um, band uh, called, it's called, it's from a band called BTS. You heard oh, of these guys? A, a little old band <laughs> called BTS. <laughs> okay, this band, this, for those who don't know, it's called BTS, which I assume stands for behind the scenes, but I have absolutely no idea. I have no idea. Um, and the, it's, a, it's comprised of about 120 young Korean gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who, dude, I like, I can't even, so I like Googled, like, what is BTS? Apparently they're very big. They're huge. They're, they're huge. Like, I think they're, they're like the biggest K-pop band. I think that's probably true. I'm not a K-pop, K-pop, Korean pop aficionado in any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think they're the big, the biggest one. Um, anyway, so they came out with a pretty recent single called Dynamite, and it is so, it's so good. Daryl, this song is a fucking hit. It is crazy. It's so good. I was like listening to it on my run yesterday. I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) But then you like watch a music video. Um, these young men are so beautiful. They're all mm. is out of control. And precision, precision dancers. They are precision dancers. They have excellent voices, all of them. Mm. And they're like very, I think there's actually like nine guys, maybe somewhere in that range. And the weird thing is like they all sing and they all sound pretty different, but they're, they're all their voices are very good. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, there's this like heavy level of androgyny that I find really interesting that they sort of put out there, which I think is cool. It's like a really cool vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm into it. I'm into them. I'm into the BTS situation. <laughs> I don't know anything else about them, but I think they're great. And especially this one song. I haven't really I couldn't name another song of theirs. But this song, Dynamite, it's dynamite. It's really good. It's a really is good. It, is it in like English or partial English? It's definitely in English, Greece? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got it. There's one member who speaks English very well. Mm-hmm. And then I think a, some speak some other English, but some don't. Um, but they all sing in English. And you, there's definitely like moments when you're like, this person is singing phonetically. Mm-hmm. Like you can sort of tell, but it still sounds great. I still like under, know the word, even like the words are coming through. I'm into it, man. Um, they have Korean songs, uh-huh. which I think are dope. Also, I just don't know the name of them. I'll check out this dynamite song. So I didn't know anything about BTS until one day I was walking outside and there was a so there's a. Kind of like a boba tea, like snack place, yeah. which has been empty. Nobody ever goes there. But right. sometime at, in the middle of nowhere, I guess they uh, were celebrating a member of BTS's birthday cool. by offering maybe a discounted snack of some sort yep. and lying around the corner of Whoa. just fa- yeah fans and stuff. And I yeah, we were walking the dog and. uh we were like, what is going on? They're like, don't you know BTS? I was like, what? 
They're like, it's someone so's birthday. We're doing a little celebration here. Were they there? You. I was like, is that person here? He's like, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the nice thing for this like bubble tea place is they get to do this eight more times a year. Yeah, basically. that's right. <laughs> so that's the first time I've ever heard about BTS, but I'll, I'll give a yeah, I'll give a listen to this dynamite song. I think that it might be a good way to um, kick off my week here. This song is so poppy and so catchy, and like it's 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 like distilled. It's like distilled pop, you know. Uh-huh. It's like all the essence of what makes pop catchy, like boiled down to its pure raw form. Um, and it's really good. Yeah. So shout out to BTS. That's what yeah. <laughs> never in my life would I think that that would be a thing I would just give a shout out. But here I am. It's great. Yeah. What we really need to do is connect into the K-pop community on Twitter and lure some of those fans into our podcast. Daryl, they would hate our podcast. I don't want to do that to these people. <laughs> I don't want to ruin these people's day by like making them listen to our shitty fucking podcast. Uh-huh. They get to listen to like the greatest k-pop band ever in existence all the time and like mm-hmm. live their best beautiful lives doing that and like writing on the internet about it they like they don't need uh, the last thing they need is us <laughs> <You know? laughs> look at these two boneheads learning about <laughs> bts for the first time follow their journey as they uh, yeah I am going to hatch tag some BTS on my tweets about this week's episode, though. Try to get those <laughs> like little saying. metrics up. <laughs> if you if you if you if you blow it, though, we're going to be totally ruined. Oh, Daryl, <laughs> it's an inevitability. We're, we're going to be ruined. Okay, it's over. Everything I've ever tried to do in my life, I've I've blown hard. So. <laughs> the last, yeah. the worst and last mistake we'll ever make is um, aggravating the BTS, the BTS army. Yeah, I don't want to be like that. Com- you look at that community and like they're so huge. You're like, I, should we fuck with this? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think if I was a BTS fan, I'd be pumped. Like two new dudes getting into BTS. I think so too. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to get into our mentions, <laughs> you can tweet at us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T. You can also find us on Instagram, uh, No One Likes a Tuna Podcast. You can email us, No One Likes a Tuna Podcast, at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, which would be very dope, and I would like it if, very much if you would do that. Uh, for like two seconds, basically. Um, you've also got our Patreon, patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. We uh, certainly published our poll on what movie we're going to watch in between these cycles. So that's next week, uh, a couple weeks ago. And it turns out, let's see, Hackers. We're going to watch nice. Hackers. So nice. uh, 1995 movie. Hackers, starring um, Angelina Jolie. Oh. And what's that guy from Trainspotting? Fuck. What's his fucking name? Billy. It's a three-name name. name. Uh, 
You know what I'm talking about. It's yeah, like, that guy. Yeah. M- Murphy? Nope. F- no. Johnny Lee Miller. Mm. Good name. Sherlock. That's, elementary. <laughs> With Lucy Liu. Element- it's elementary. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so if you want to throw us a buck, you can always vote in future polls, um, but we also are going to produce some extra episodes uh, for Riddick. Those three Riddick movies. Mm-hmm. We should do the soonest kind of way. I don't know. Game for that. Yeah, not right this second. Sorry. Right. All right. Buddy, I will see you next week. Sounds good for hackers. Hack the planet.